Hello, listeners. This is First in Gold with Freddie and Pete, a football podcast with everything 49ers first. So, Peter, the schedule came out last night. Uh, obviously, we've been waiting on pins and needles for it. Uh, the whole world was watching. I know I was uh, propped up on, on my rooftop with a 100-inch TV that I reserved, and I got a chance to, to watch it like uh, Sean McVay. Uh, or was it Cliff Kingsbury last year that had the really nice setup for the draft? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I, a I felt Exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt, man. But uh, it was beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, got everything mapped out. And I think that's where I want to dive right into it, man. Uh, we're looking at, you know, who we're playing here, opening up against Detroit in Detroit away game, obviously two away games to start the season. Um, let, let's let's talk about, you know, kind of the timing of these opponents and when, who we're playing when and the strength of those, uh, you know, of those opponents. And let, let me know kind of what, you know, what you're thinking in terms of how you saw the schedule and, um, you know, where. Where do you see the rough patches coming? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So I, I really like the schedule, how it starts us out with probably it's going to be the, one of the worst teams in the league in Detroit. Um, it's an away game, but that's, you know, that's fine. It's Detroit. Um, I like that the schedule gets a little bit tougher going forward. In Philadelphia, you don't really know what Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith can bring. It could right. be pretty, uh, pretty intriguing, something to game plan for. And then you get Green Bay, Seattle and Arizona. So, you get a few easy ones, and then it starts getting a little more difficult, which you want to see. Mm-hmm. And then right after Arizona, Seattle, Arizona, you get that bye week and get a little bit of a rest. And How, how do you feel about that bye week six? Would you have preferred uh, a middle of like a, a nine, weeks nine through 11, nine through 12 for a bye to give the players kind of uh, a break, you know, after playing half as many games? Or are you okay with the week six bye? Yeah, I would – I would always like the bye week to be a little bit more in the middle of the season, just oh, in yeah. case if there is injuries. And, you know, usually people are coming into the season pretty fresh, ready to go. Yeah. And then so five game after five games, you already get a break. Mm. So that's not ideal, but it is in terms of the uh, the opponent that you're going to be facing come on, coming off of it. Because <clears throat> I see Indianapolis Colts being probably one of the tougher opponents oh, yeah. that the 49ers are going to face this year. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have that extra, you know, week of planning for that. Um, other than that, you know, it's kind of nice that you get a little bit of a spread on, uh, some of the difficult games. Um, and then it's just, you know, interesting on how many primetime games the, the 49ers have. What were you saying? They have like the most four or five. Uh, we're, we're tied for the most with five with like mm-hmm. the bucks and chiefs and Cowboys. Um, Seattle is up there as well with five primetime games. I was surprised they only gave us one Monday night game. Um, but you know they're they're, they're giving us uh, two Sunday nights and uh, and the the third or three Sunday nights excuse me and the Thursday night, so we have a chance there especially because some of those Sunday night games are going to be home games, um, with the exception of ten uh, three which is uh, obviously on the calendar. Uh, th- those were the first two games I circled was uh, October third and and December twelfth or fifth excuse me, um, for the obvious reasons of playing Seattle, and uh, the one Seattle game isn't in. in, in uh, on Sunday night football. So that, that will be the one that's uh, circled as well. Yeah, that should be a good one. Seattle is always a tough opponent and it's going to be uh, those, those Arizona games are going to be pretty difficult. I believe too, man, they got a stacked team and uh, yeah. hopefully we can at least pull one of those out. I feel like mm-hmm. Seattle is going to be the same. We, we it'll be a, a draw mm-hmm. and then with Los Angeles, I, I'm just not big on them. I think we, uh, we, we take both of those. 
Well, let's look at the timing of it. When you're talking about divisional opponents, you know, Arizona is a week five and a week nine, right? So you're basically a turnaround of less than a month. You're playing them again, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, is the shortest of all the teams that we play because, you know, Seattle, we get them, you know, in, in the first uh, four weeks, but then we don't see them again for, you know, until the end of the year in December. Mm-hmm. And so, and then with the with the Rams, we get them in the middle of the schedule and then we don't see them again until the end of the schedule. So, um, I think the, the Cardinals, for some reason, we, this has happened to before. I, I want to say two years ago, we played them within like a span of 13 days. We played them twice because um, yeah. we had had them on um, on Sunday night or excuse me, Thursday night. And then we played them again like the week after. Um, and so do you think that uh, when you look at the divisional opponents, uh, w- which which one of those uh, matchups for you seems to be like? You, you know, you're, you're going in like, oh, man, like, you know, I hope that we have, uh, you know, all our ducks in a row because it, it might be a tough one. Um, I would I would say Arizona just because I think they have the most talented team in the NFC West other than possibly us, the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Seattle still got Russ and the Rams have some pretty high profile players as well. But yeah. uh, overall, I think their roster is is lacking in some areas. So I think Arizona is the one, you know, you, you would kind of like to have a little bit more time in between so you can kind of, okay, if we, we, if we lost, say the first one, you'd like a little bit more time to be able to plan and turn around, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, Shanahan always, always seems to regardless. Cause I think it was, like you said, a couple of years ago when we faced Arizona within like two weeks of each other, basically mm-hmm. and we came, came back and was it, we won the second one. We won both. We won both, but we had to come back to win both, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah, they both. One was on Halloween, and the other one was um, the the game winner by Jeff Wilson when he ran it in, or oh, he yeah. ran it. It was a, it was a quick a pass. And, yeah. yeah, and he took it up the middle. Um, yeah, Arizona's concerning. I think week five. You know, you got to remember the Seattle game. That's going to be a gauntlet. And week four at home. Uh, it's not a primetime game for us, but. You know, after you know having two weeks on the road, and then you know opening up at home with uh, Green Bay, whether they have Rodgers there or not, I, I still think that you know that to me is the first game that you circle, and you're like, that's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, they they mm-hmm. they have they have also a tough opening uh, three games. Though, if you think about it, they got to go at Indy week one. They get Tennessee at home for their opener too, and then they're back on the road at Minnesota. And then they have to go on the road to face us. So their first four weeks, they're on the road three of those weeks. And I don't know they were a good away team last year, but you know, uh, make no mistake about it that that that's that's a gauntlet in itself, right? Because you're on the road. Yeah, you know, they, three of the first. They might weeks. not have Aaron Rodgers. Like the way I see it, it seems like he's not he's not wanting to come back unless strictly unless the GM is fired. Because I heard they already offered him a big contract, and nothing's gotten finalized. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, whether whether he plays or not, I mean, I, I think, you know, out of those two games, Seattle still is a tough one. The, the Arizona stuff to play him after Seattle, the bye week for me, I think is I'm okay with it because it gives you two weeks to prepare for uh, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And even that indie game is a Sunday night game. So a little bit of an extra buffer there that, you, you know, you get to play him later in the night. Uh, but the gauntlet for me when I look at the schedule, hands down, is week seven through ten. I mean, you're talking Indy, Chicago, at Chicago. Uh, and I know my Chicago listeners have that that on the calendar circled, and uh, you know um, I'm excited yeah, just to be able to uh, go in their house and um, yeah, Hand let's just say, yeah let, 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 let's <laughs> just say let's just say I hope they keep their their bathroom doors closed. You know what I mean? Because 
I mean, no, no disrespect, but I mean, that's where my head is at. Like I ain't flushing. I'm just, I'm not flushing period. So, uh, uh, but then, you know, you play Arizona again, week nine and then week 10, you know, it's the Monday night game against the Rams and say what you will about the Rams. It's always a tough game. I mean, we have to game plan for them. Um, but, but yeah, to me would be the, the, the toughest stretch. I know we have, you know, games against at Tennessee, which we had talked about in a previous uh, show that was a game that I had circled on the calendar um, you know, you can never obviously the the, the week 13 uh, December 5th game against Seattle is going to be um, potentially you know, like whoever wins that game might, might get a, a, a head start in terms of a divisional uh, ranking and being able to, to take that the top the top seed in our division um, if it's them or us. And so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, for me, I look at the schedule. Yeah, there's some there's some games that uh, I'm OK with, like comfortable playing, you know. Houston at the end of the year. Don't know what we're going to get from them. Uh, the Bengals, I'm okay playing Joe Burrow, you know, week 14. That's fine with me. Got the, got the, the Falcons week 15, obviously at home, some payback from a couple of years ago when they came into our house. Um, you know, a game I'm actually kind of excited though, to, to, that I circled on the calendar. And uh, it was one of my five that, um, you know, I'm going to be I mean, heading out to is uh, Minnesota. Oh yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, Why is because, that? because all the Kirk Cousins talk. Like, I just, I want, I want to embarrass them. You know, I want to embarrass them. I want, <laughs> I want them to throw three, four interceptions. I want them to get sacked six times. Like, I, I want to humiliate them because I'm, t- I was tired of the Mac Jones talk. I was tired of, you know, Kyle wants to get another Matt Shaw, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. You know, <laughs> and so honestly, like, I want Nick Bosa to terrorize them. I really do. You're I want to embarrass them. Sour about that. Still sour <laughs> about that. About all those fake news allegations hey, hey you know what i was i was laid up late up at night man that's what i was thinking about you know every night was you know uh please don't take mac jones so man, i know um, i know but did uh, you see dalvin dalvin cook there, there was a, a picture of him that came out today boy's looking ripped man he, he's gonna be a fantasy football stud again this year i think man he's, he's, he's always gonna, gonna be, be a, a first round a first round pick especially if you're picking I'd say I'm okay taking Dalvin Cook anywhere after probably the first three picks. You know, you got Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley. I think at that point, uh, Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook is right there in the four spot very comfortably. So I, I would take him mm-hmm. if I'm drafting four, five, six, seven, um, ahead of any receiver, obviously. So yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm going Dalvin Cook for sure. He's a beast. Derrick Henry, obviously, I, I forgot about him. He's he's the top five oh, yeah. back. Um, might even yeah, be, should be you know, a, one of Raw. So that should be a very interesting game. Um, so after taking a look at it, do you have a prediction of what the 49ers uh, record might be for this upcoming year? <laughs> I, I knew this question was coming. I knew this question was coming. I, uh, I, I and it's going to be a different year. You know, it's no longer, you know, what is it, 16 games. It's a 17-game schedule. So, Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to know a lot about the team those first two weeks. I think those are games that if they struggle – to get the W's or they split the game and it's one, one uh, that's concerning to me. I, I think, you know, you, you got to win convincingly uh, both those games. If you are going to be a championship caliber team, uh, you, you got to start off um, with confidence, especially the way last year went uh, you want to, you know, get get a head start, especially with some of the other teams in our division, who they're playing those first couple of weeks. Like, you know, Tennessee is not coming into Seattle to lay down. I mean, Derrick Henry's gonna gonna want to run over Jamal Adams and and really put you know impose his will, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Tennessee's gonna want that W, and I think that you know with the fans being back to in Seattle, that stadium's gonna be rocking, and so um, it, it's gonna be tough. I mean, a, every game is gonna be tough, but I would say if I look at the schedule right now, um, there's a couple there's a couple games that 
me in terms of some trap games or where they're in that specific team. Again, the Tennessee game, December 23rd, that's going to be tough. It's always raining. It's nasty weather. That's just going to be a slugfest. Um, concerned a little bit about that Texans game week 17 only because, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that sometimes you when you overlook an opponent like we did Atlanta a couple years ago, um, you know, they, they kind of surprise you there. So uh, there's a couple games there that um, I, I would say that I'm a little concerned about. But I will, if I gave you a prediction, I'm thinking <clears throat> if our team stays healthy and, uh, and we'll talk about who we think is going to be week one starter, um, I think I think a solid you know, anywhere between uh, 12 and 14 wins seems like a pretty, uh, a pretty solid number for me. So uh, I'll take, you know, 12 and five up to 14 and three. Yeah, that's what I was in that same ballpark. I'm at 13 and four, about possibly 12 and five, because there's always one, at least one game that you should, should be an easy win and you end up losing it. So yep. I had 13 and four, but it's probably going to be more like a 12 and five, you know, barring any major injuries. Yeah. Even then, so if Jimmy G gets hurt, we got a solid backup now. So we don't have to really worry too much about that. Who do you think is going to be the day one starter? Well, the day one starter is going to move the needle for me uh, because if, if day one, uh, Trey Lance, who I, I'm predicting will be the starter, then um, I, I think I think Trey's going to give that offense an elevated version of what we've seen, and it's going to give defenses and teams a lot of headaches um, because – for a lot of years, man, if you think about the last couple of seasons, I feel like teams have kind of laughed of our quarterback situation and scoffed at it. And if you talk fans of other teams, like of course they wanted us to take Mac Jones or or have you know CJ Beathard playing there because it was always eleven on ten. But now when you have to face the 49ers and they have a guy who can explode out of the pocket and either take off for you know 40, 50 yards or, or, or sling it down for 60, uh, what do you do? Right? Now you're like, oh shit, now I gotta worry about this guy who might run me over or or might make a subtle move and then find Debo open on a, on a drag route. Like you got to be now mindful that Trey Lance can do that. And he's smart and he's sharp and he's like very, very intelligent, like football wise, right. He understands schemes and, and different packages. So I think if he's our quarterback, uh, that, that 14 and three record seems very, very achievable for me. I think that that would make sense. Um, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Trey Lance can do under uh, Shanahan and in the system. But I, I believe it's day one, week one, it, it's still going to be Jimmy. And mm-hmm. it's all about the respect factor. You know, they gave him the heads up that they're going to be, you know, moving up to draft a quarterback. They let yeah. him know he's still their guy. You know, they cleared that salary cap issue with the ownership. So yeah. that's that's solid. I do see it kind of being like an Alex Smith situation. Yeah. We know Jimmy G's going to get hurt at some point, right? And then once mm-hmm. he is out and Trey Lance steps in, he's just going to take those reins and just, and run with it. You know, it's yeah. going to see what he can do. It's like you're, you're right. You're getting a, a car wreck and you say you're driving a Pinto, but then your rental is a Corvette, right? So it's basically what you're going to want to do. And then you're not going to want to give up that Corvette. Right. So that's how I see it all kind of unfolding. Who knows when Jimmy G gets hurt, but I believe at some point he will this year. And then when he does, he's going to lose his spot. And that'll be the end of him in San Francisco. If you and I know that, though, I, I think the players know that. And when you have a Ferrari that's parked in the garage, you know, you, you want to drive the fucking Ferrari at some point. Right. I mean, it's a it's a car that you've never had before. You want to get in, buckle the seatbelt, turn on the fucking engine, hear the hear the engine purr. And then you want to just go like just go see how fast you can get to zero to 60. Right. That's what people do. And that's what Trey Lance is. So to me, like 
the faster the sooner he plays, it's only it's only gonna help him. I don't buy into like he's not ready. Like he's not uh, Jordan Love from fucking Green Bay, who you know, who? Uh, they, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> he gets drafted, but they're uh, like, oh, shit. he's still not ready. Like, well, when is he gonna be ready? Like, I, you, like the only way you're ready is you gotta just do the fucking job, do the job, make mistakes, learn, continue to get your reps, see live action. Like there, there is no simulation. For going into Seattle in December on Sunday Night Football with the crowd noise, you have to be able to deal with that pressure. You have to be able to deal with that kind of like environment. And the only way to do that is to do it, like just go in and do it. And and then you know, other games, right? Where other divisional games or other other you know away games uh, uh, against like Tennessee or Chicago, it's like the only way to learn how to play in Soldier Field in the snow or play in the rain in Tennessee is to be out there in the elements. So, no, I, I think Trey Lance needs to play week one. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll surprise a lot of people. Do I think he's going to have a mastery of the playbook week one? No, I don't I don't need him to, you know. I just need him to play football. You know, I need him to find the open receivers, take off when things break down, make smart decisions. But you can't sit here and convince me that C.J. Bethard or Nick Mullins week one would be a better option than Trey Lance. You just can't. Going back to the the car analogy, so he's he's the high performance car, but he's got all these you know high spec parts and everything, but he still needs the fine tuning, right? Like if you got all this power but you don't know how to use it in your car, you just go out there and rev up the RPMs, drop the clutch, there goes your transmission. You know if it's not if it's not ready to run then you don't put it out there. And I think that's what you do with Trey Lance. You you don't – there's no rush to get him out there. You're not going to lose these first three games with Jimmy G as your quarterback. There's no way you're going to lose it. And, unless Aaron Rodgers is there against – with Green Bay. But there's no way Jimmy G is going to lose these games. And I just don't think you need to throw him in the fire before he's necessarily ready. He's going to be – he's going to be a beast. He's going to get it all. I don't think, you know, the first few games in – it's it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to move the needle. And like yeah. what you're saying with the other players, they're going to want to see him too. Right. But they also do respect seemingly very much respect Kyle Shanahan and a lot of his decisions. I haven't heard one time where somebody has kind of said, well, that was a dumb decision. We should have went for it. We shouldn't, shouldn't have kicked the field goal. I haven't heard that one time. They've always had his back with every decision that he's ever made. And so I think that they see the big picture too. Um, Trey Lance is going to be the long-term option and he's going to be there for a couple of decades, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's so this year, like I've said it before, it's this year, it's Jimmy G get him as far as he can, unless he's injured and possibly increase his trade value. And then after this year, it's, he's gone. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't accept that though, because I don't think that uh, I'm comfortable with Jimmy those first couple of games. Cause I don't know what, I don't know. What so what do you him. do with them then? If Trace the land starts, what you use Jimmy's a backup, nobody's going to trade for him. Then you're paying a guy 20 or you just cut him. Well, I mean, you, you save money if you cut him uh, after or before June 3rd. Um, I, I don't, I don't, you, you could, it's the same if you cut him after June 1st, it's the same pretty well, much. It, if that's the case, I, I still don't think that I know what version I'm going to get, you know, of him weeks one or two or three or, you know, for the rest of the season, like, and that's the thing is like you you've seen you've seen what you've seen with him, and you went up to get this guy who's the Ferrari right of, of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and so um, you know call me impatient, but I, I want to <laughs> see the I want to see the car go, you know. But 
waiting for Jimmy to get hurt just also doesn't sound right to me, you know? Like, that just kind of, like, I mean, that's what we've been doing the last couple of years, and then we had to just, you know, stomach Nick Mullen's performance and then C.J. Berthard, but, you know, I, I, I think... Trey's, Trey's not C.J. and Nick, though. <laughs> he's not, and but the, but the, but you're you're strengthening my point in that, like, in camp, if these two guys are out there throwing balls and running the same, you know, uh, reps with the same players... I think they're going to see a guy who's far superior than the other guy because Trey Lance can do things that Jimmy Garoppolo can't. And then and I think that's just going to repeat itself over and over again in camp and in practices that you're going to be like, okay, why are we starting the guy who has less capabilities than the guy who's doing everything this guy can do and better? Like that's the thing where it's like, it's hard for me to believe that Trey Lance doesn't play week one, but you know, um, I, th- I think it all comes down to, is how fast he can learn and get familiar with the playbook. Yeah, you can play Trey Lance, you know, with like half of the playbook or, you know, a, a certain plan for each yeah. team going forward because 49ers are a run first team. So you, you right. don't really ask him to do too much. But um, I think ultimately it will come down to how quick he can get comfortable in the system. Well, that's up to him. Yeah. That's up to him, right? I mean, yeah. who, 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 who are we to say that? that he can't learn it fast or that he can't pick it up or he can't be a unicorn and do something that other people haven't done. He's kind of proven it his whole life. If you really look right. at it, you know, no, definitely so, he can. Yeah. You know, so I don't buy into the argument. Oh, he's only 21. He needs like five years to rest. And like, he hasn't played football and all that. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not buying that. Like, I, I like I'm a b- big believer. Like if you are the right person and you can do the job and you do it exceptionally well, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, you got my vote of confidence, you know, like I'm, I'm going to back you up and I don't care if you're 20 years old or 21 or, or that, you know, you went to a small school. Like if what I see in my optics, like show me that you, you can do it and you're intelligent, like let's go, let's, let's rock and roll. So yeah. that, that's, uh, that's we'll, going to be we'll, fun, man. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting watching, uh, you know, the camps coming up and preseason mm-hmm. and seeing how they all, how they compete and how, how well they perform. Well, we'll see him tomorrow. He's uh he's back at Levi's tomorrow for rookie camp, so we'll uh, we'll get our first glimpse of of uh you know Trey Lance, action. yeah, slinging that rock tomorrow and over the weekend. So I'm sure we'll be uh we'll be locked in and uh, seeing some reports on how how well he did. Can't wait. <laughs> Thank you for listening to First and Gold.